How's it going today, guys? Once again, back here in the studios for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I apologize about last week, guys. We've been getting drowned in schoolwork. I had everything finished. We just couldn't get it out last week, but it is what it is. We're back here next week. I'm going to do extra draft coverage for y'all, give y'all my winners of the draft, the best quarterback pick, and the best, my two best offensive weapons pick, go over a little Falcons draft, talk some Braves for y'all. So I got lots of stuff for y'all. Once again, I apologize about last week. You know, it's that time of year, though. We got finals week. It's finals week again this week, but... I'm trying to make a little more time fit things in. So we'll start out, though, obviously, with what everyone wants to hear about, and that is the Cavs Game 7. And this is a game that, like I've been telling you all, I thought the series would go 7. And I felt like Cleveland pulled out for one reason. They had LeBron James. And, I mean, that pretty much was the reason for the most part. But I actually think, as much as I hate to say this, I really do think the Pacers would have won this game had the had the refs not called that awful foul call on Miles Turner. You know, I really thought that changed the entire outcome of the game. Miles Turner was a guy when he got in there in the fourth quarter was absolutely dominating them. He was getting every single rebound. They could not stop him. And he was just in foul trouble. You know, this is a guy who I think has a ton of potential. I mean, he showed that he can defend the rim. I really never knew he could defend the rim like that. But Miles Turner was an absolute beast in this series. Now, the Cavs have no post presence. But I mean, I love the fact they played Tristan Thompson 35 minutes and he played a pretty good game. He was five for six from the free throw line and five for six from the floor, 15 points. You get 14 points from Kevin Love. I mean, Kevin Love's thumb's injured. Everyone keeps saying, oh, Kevin Love's trash. Kevin Love's worthless. I mean, Kevin Love's thumb still hurt, guys. Y'all forget about this. Kevin Love was going off earlier in the season before he hurt his thumb. He was on my fantasy team, and he was one of the best players. I was keeping up with his stats every night. It's only been since all these injuries keep hounding him, and they made all these moves. I mean, it's just been a rough season for Kevin Love. He hadn't been able to stay healthy, but... Overall, the Cavs played well. I mean, they had another bad third quarter. They got outscored 31-22, but after that, they came alive to outscore them by two in the fourth quarter and ended up winning the game. But, I mean, LeBron James, quite frankly, took over. He didn't take a lot of three-pointers, but he did what he had to do. He got his rebounds and assists, and he had those 45 points. I mean, that's just what you want to see about LeBron, and that's what a type of guy like him does. They step up in big game situations like that. Now, Oladipo is a guy who I'd been on a lot during the series, saying he needed to step up and play better. You know, he played better, I thought, but he still faded out a little bit in the fourth quarter, but I love seeing the fact he already texted his trainer and that he wants to get after it again. I mean, Oladipo is an extremely hard worker, guys, and this team will be back. This Pacers team is going to be good next year. They're definitely going to add a couple players in the draft of free agency, but this team will be very good next year, and it's a team that I think has a lot of potential next season. But looking at everything from a Cleveland standpoint, they made it through the series, but like LeBron said, he's tired, man. I've been telling y'all LeBron's going to get tired now. The Raptors, if they want to win the series, they're going to have to win it in six. Right now, my prediction is Raptors in six, but don't be surprised if LeBron pulls it out in seven. This Cavs team has been the hardest team to predict and pick against, so I'm not going out there and telling y'all pick Raptors as series win or anything. I mean, this series is going to come down the wire. LeBron seems to always have Toronto's number, but Gerard DeRozan has proved to me that he can be that can be that go-to scoring option. He can lead a team offensively. He's done it all playoffs. Kyle Lowry needs to step up and take advantage of what the, the mismatches he has, and I think Ibaka and Valencia Eunice can do a lot to the Cavs in the post. I mean, if they're asserting their dominance in the post and they're getting to the rim and everything, it's going to be rough for the Cavs with no rim protector. The Pacers are a team that like to play a slower pace of basketball like Cleveland does. Toronto is one of the highest ranked defensive teams in the league. They're extremely good at defense and they like to play with a faster pace and score a lot more points. So, 
Honestly, I'm saying Raptors in six right now. I really don't think Cleveland, I think they'll be too tired. But I mean, LeBron James, LeBron James, man, as long as you have him on your team and he's on the floor, you always have a chance in any kind of playoff series. Now, the biggest takeaway for me from this matchup is the 76ers. And I don't think anybody can beat the 76ers. I think that they're going to go back to the finals. I mean, I know I've told you all last week, I thought the Raptors could, but this is a 76ers team that's a lot deeper if you think about it. So you have kind of your two stars in Simmons and Embiid running the show for you. Then you have an abundance of role players. You have guys like Markel Fultz, Robert Covington, J.J. Redick, Marco Bellinelli, Elia Sovel, uh, Dario Saric. I mean, the list just goes on and on. you got about six or seven extremely high-quality role players that are a sixth or seventh man on any NBA team in the league. So, I mean, Amir Johnson, too, rebounder and defense right there. I mean, you have so much. You have so many three-point shooters on Philadelphia. I mean, I think them versus Toronto will be a good series. Toronto has the bigs to battle with them and slow down and beat a little bit, but I give them the heads up. I mean, the biggest thing about Philadelphia to me is the way they came back in the fourth quarters and third quarters against Miami. They would always go on some humongous run. Every single game I'd watch, I'd be like, all right, when's the Sixers run coming? Even like I've been saying over and over again, even in the game they lost to him, they threw the ball through J.J. Reddick's legs when he could have shot a three-pointer to put him up by one point. I mean, the Sixers clearly know what they're doing. They're extremely well-coached. I mean, I think Dwayne Casey did a great job, too, with the Raptors, and they're well-coached, too. But I just feel like the 76ers are going to the finals, whether they play the Cavs or not. I mean, the Cavs have nobody to slow down Embiid and we've seen how these two teams play when they're matched up I just think the Cavs would get run out of the gym so big series right there to watch for I mean I think Philadelphia is the favorite to come out of the east a lot of people are saying and I'm gonna have to hop on that Philadelphia bandwagon too but it's not because that as I was said that I thought that their playoff and experience would hold them back I personally think that this team has grown up and picked up a lot of experience throughout the playoffs I mean those third and fourth quarter runs are where the good teams separate themselves from or the great teams separate themselves from the good teams and that's what Philadelphia has done so I look for Philadelphia to speed up the process here and get to the finals. So real fast before I get to the NBA or to the NFL here, NFL draft. I mean, what would episode of hot takes with TP3 be without me talking about James Harden? You know, I got to talk about James Harden. So I'm here to tell y'all my biggest takeaway from the Rockets so far throughout the playoffs throughout this season is when James Harden is on, this team is absolutely unbeatable. I think. I mean, when did they lost when James Harden's on? James Harden had 41, eight and seven last night. I just feel like with the high volume of shots that he attempts and the way that he plays for this team. I mean, like I said earlier in the week, I feel like him or Chris Paul has to be on. I mean. Chris Paul's on. I think they have a good chance at winning if Harden's off, but when Harden's on, they will 100% not lose a single game. This guy's their majority shot taker. He has the ball in his hand for the majority of the time, even though Paul definitely does get the ball a very good amount and gets to do his own thing. But James Harden runs the show, and when he is on, it is game over. I mean, we've seen it so many times. We saw him at that 22-point third quarter. We saw him take over in game one. And this is a really good defensive team, and a defensive team that's a lot better than the Warriors. I think they can really get past the Warriors. I mean, I think Utah will win a game or two at home just because they have those fans that West Westbrook was complaining about which I completely agree with Westbrook and I definitely do not think the fans should talk to him like that. And I don't have a problem with what he did, but I just feel like that James Harden's that kind of guy. I mean, big shout out to the jazz though for getting past the thunder. I mean, like Coon said, he thought they could get past him. I personally didn't. I was a little disappointed in the thunder, but I feel like the thunder are going to go back to the drawing board a little bit and fire things up. I know I talked about last week, how I said the big three era was over in Oklahoma city. I still stand by that. Um, I'll go through some off season moves for the thunder, getting that a little bit more tomorrow. I got a little bit more time since I'm trying to hit draft for y'all, but I just, 
just think they're unbeatable when Harden goes off. I mean, they haven't been beat really yet this season when Harden has a performance like this. And I feel like in a seven game series, Harden's going to go ignorant on you four out of se- out of those seven times. So that's four victories right there. And they get the production from guys like Capella. I mean, Warriors don't have the guys to bang with Capella. I mean, I just think the Jazz are outmatched in this series. Or don't get me wrong, I don't think Ricky Rubio's a humongous game changer, but he's the kind of guy who's playing the best basketball of his career and has big effects on the game when he's playing basketball like this. So. I think Rockets get by in five. I mean, the Pelicans got to put up a better fight to me and show me something tonight before I can really make anything on that. But I'll hit on more NBA for y'all tomorrow. Now let's move over to a little NFL talk. So first, I want to start out the NFL draft with a couple winners. And so my two biggest teams that won this draft were the Colts and the Bears. And so the Colts, I give them an A+. plus. I mean, like I told y'all, I felt I felt like they should do that little trade with the Browns and get all those draft picks. Obviously, they didn't do it. They could add a new team. But I mean... They're in a great spot without doing that trade. They didn't need to do it. Both these teams had excellent drafts, but I'm definitely giving it to the Colts just because even though I liked what the Browns did, I just feel like whenever you take a young quarterback, it's a question mark. Now, y'all know I love Baker Mayfield. I think he's a winner. I think he's a dog. I think he'll get it done on the field, but I just love how the Colts, they go out and they get Quentin Nelson from Notre Dame, the best offensive guard in the draft, and they also get Braden Smith from Auburn with a 37th overall pick, another guard. So they literally basically rebolstered their whole offensive line, which is great because, I mean, this is in a division where they're going to have to see J.J. Watt and Clowney twice a season. They're going to have to see Saxonville twice a season. They're going to have to see Drell Casey in that stacked-up Tennessee defense. So, I mean, this is going to be a very competitive division next year. And the Colts probably had the best quarterback in that division now. I really like Deshaun Watson. I think he can do lots of good things. I just need to make sure he can come back from this ACL injury. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a very big Marietta fan. After what he did to Florida State on New Year's Day, I was extremely hungover that day, and just watching him annihilate us made me not be a big fan of his. But, I mean, Mariota's good. I can't deny it. Mariota is a great quarterback, and he's definitely maturing a lot more. And, I mean, he's no joke in that division. He- he can play ball just like the rest of them, and he has that playoff experience. So the Titans are going to be coming, but they did a good job of stacking their team up. I mean, they went out and got the the South Carolina linebacker, Darius Leonard. I mean, they got Rutgers defensive end. I mean, they got Ohio State defensive end. They got a, that running back, uh, Naheem Hines from, in, from uh, NC State. I mean, they got all these guys in the first couple rounds. They had a great draft. I thought they got lots of weapons for their team across the board, and I think the Colts did a good job at building themselves a little bit more for the future. I really like how they focused on pass rushing and offensive line. I think those are two big needs that they had from the season before. So good things right there from the Colts. This is still going to be a young team that can keep rebuilding and keep on building. And they obviously have a great veteran quarterback. So this is a team that can rebuild a lot faster and they're going to need to, to be able to compete in the stacked up division. So speaking of teams that also need to compete in stacked up division, the uh, Chicago bears had an excellent draft too. I mean, they went with Roquan Smith with that first pick and this was a defense that was like low key. One of the best defenses in the league. This team, they allowed very low scoring games. They made lots of plays, lots of sacks, lots of turnovers. This is a really good bear defensive unit and they got most of their key players coming back too on that defense. So I look for the bears to have a good team next year. I mean, they went out and got Roquan with the eighth pick. Then with the 39th, they went and got James Daniels, a center from Iowa. So, I mean, they're protecting their young quarterback, which is what I love. And they went and got Anthony Miller from Memphis at wide receiver. So with those first three picks, I'd say the Bears automatically had an amazing draft just because they went out and used their top three picks on three amazing players. I mean, y'all know how I feel about Miller. I think this kid is going to be an absolute freak of nature and that 
he can really go out there and he can get the ball and he can make plays for you all across the field. I mean, he's a dynamic wide receiver to me. He's like Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown was a late round pick out of Central Michigan. This guy was an earlier pick out of Memphis, and I think he brought a lot of attention to himself when he tore up UCLA at the beginning of the season, UCLA and Josh Rosen squad. So I feel like he really did a good job of setting himself apart. And I feel like that's what the Bears need. I feel like now they got him and Allen Robinson out on the edge. They got two big-time name wide receivers. They already got a good running back duo with uh, Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard. So, I mean, they got two amazing running backs right there. They got the real young quarterback with Mitch Trubisky. So, I mean, this is a good young Bears team with a lot of potential. I mean, they're obviously in a stacked-up division with the Lions, Packers, and Vikings, all which teams had a pretty decent draft. I mean, actually, I'd say the Lions was okay, but the Packers and uh, Vikings had really good drafts. And, I mean, these teams, teams are the teams that are built to win right now. But we all know what young talent can do in the NFL. And the Packers keep throwing together these win-now teams. So, I mean, we could see a decrease in the Packers season. But I really look for the Bears with this strong defense. And, I mean, if they can get something out of their offense, they can really win games and hurt a lot of teams this season. So don't sleep on the Bears at all, man. This is a good, good team. And I really like what they've done with their team and their roster. So I think the Bears are definitely moving in the right direction, as do I with the Colts. I mean, I think the Browns had had a really good draft as well. I think they did lots of good things for their team. So, I mean, I think these young teams that have not been good lately and have been getting beat up on by the NFL are finally kind of coming back and they're ready to uh, mess with these other NFL teams and make big runs. But now let's move on and talk about the quarterbacks that were picked in the first round. And first thing I'm going to say is which quarterback I think is ready to lead his team the earliest. And I'm going to have to go with Josh Allen. And my main reasoning for picking Josh Allen. Now, y'all know I think he's the best quarterback in the draft. I love his mobility. I I love his mind. I just think he's got a good arm. I think he can make a lot of plays. I think he's a big-time playmaker. I mean, he played at Wyoming, so I'd really think that accuracy thing's stupid. Now, he's going to need better wide receivers. He's got Kelvin Benjamin, Zay Jones, and then just an abundance of whatever kind of wide receivers. So... I mean, they could definitely use a Dez Bryant, but I don't think Dez wants to go there. I feel like Dez is going to go to the Giants, but he's sitting with A.J. McCarron and Nathan Peterman. I mean, he's already better than both of them, so I feel like he's going to be the first, the only one of these quarterbacks actually to start opening game for their team. I mean, they might try to sit him behind McCarron for a couple games, but I feel like that Josh Allen's going to go into Bill's camp and thrive and really get out there and play. I mean, he's a really good player. Um I just feel like that Rosen's going to have to sit behind Bradford for a little while. And I really think Rosen's too cocky, man. Like what he said at the draft podium just made him look like a total and complete jackass. I mean, I really like Rosen and I like how he's well-spoken and he's really articulate. I mean, he stands up for what he likes, which I'm a big fan of. I feel like it's easier to be like other people, but it's harder to not be like other people. And I feel like that's how Josh Rosen is. But it's one thing to be confident and cocky, but it's one thing just to be arrogant. And that's how Josh Rosen really came across to me was arrogant. I mean, that's not something you want to say about the other people on your team or in the draft. I mean, I feel like if I was another player, I would definitely hate him and I would go out for blood every single time I played for against Josh Rosen. I'd be going out to lay him out and make him look bad and go in there and put big hits on him. So, I mean, Rosen already put a target on his head, which is not very smart either as a rookie quarterback, but... I think he's in a good position in Arizona. I mean, Arizona turned around Tyron Matthew and all his off-field problems. They drafted guys like him, Dicci. I mean, I think Arizona's got a good program for players like this with kind of problems with being too arrogant or just saying dumb stuff and doing dumb stuff. So I think that they'll mentor Rosen well. I mean, they don't have Bruce Aarons anymore, so I don't know how much that changes it all up because I'm a big fan of Bruce Aarons. I think he's one of the best offensive minds the NFL's seen in a while. But I really do look at this team as a whole, and I feel like Arizona can definitely make some moves moving forward. So I'm definitely like what they did here with the pick. I just feel like that Rosen's got a lot of maturing to do, and I don't think he'll be ready to go till about midseason. And plus, since they paid all that money to Bradford, but I love Cleveland's pick with Tyrod Taylor. I think that 
They have a good system for Baker right there in Cleveland. I think that obviously we haven't seen too many quarterbacks do well, but I feel like that Tyrod Taylor can teach him how to kind of be a running quarterback. And Tyrod Taylor is really an efficient quarterback. He doesn't take a lot of chances. He doesn't throw a lot of interceptions, doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, he doesn't make a lot of big plays, but he's efficient and he gets the job done. I mean, he can't, he did lead a team to a playoff game. He's obviously not a, he's not like a big play kind of quarterback, but he can get the job done and he's smart. So I think he can rub off on Baker a lot. And Baker can put all that together to transition with his playmaking and make a lot of big plays for this Cleveland team and be a beast. I think you'll have to sit behind him for a couple games. But last one is Darnold. I mean, y'all know how I feel about Darnold. Um, you can never say, though, a player is just going to straight up be a bust. I just feel like he is going to be the worst out of these quarterbacks. Now, I could be completely wrong about Darnold. I think he is a decent fit with the Jets. I just feel like he's not going to see the field for a while. He's playing behind McCown and Teddy Bridgewater. It kind of didn't make any sense to me. Like I said, how the Jets traded up to get this quarterback. But I think they like Darnold. I think we'll see Darnold eventually. I don't know what he can do, but I mean, Robbie Anderson was a guy who broke out last season, so look for Darnold to be throwing the ball to him. I mean, the, this team definitely could use some offensive weapons, but I feel like Darnold might do decent there. I mean, I just don't really know what to say about him, but I feel like Josh Allen be the first one we'll see play in the NFL, but hot take for y'all right here. Next, not this upcoming season, but the next season, Baker takes the Browns to the playoffs. That's my hot take from this. I feel like he'll be ready to go and take this team in there. Now, let me give you all my two uh, best offensive weapon picks right here. And number one best offensive weapon pick it for the wide receivers. I'm going to have to go with my boy Calvin Ridley to the Atlanta Falcons. Now, I know you all kind of knew this is coming, me being the big Falcons fan, but I really think it's a really good pick because so Sanu will probably get cut loose from his contract, not after this season, possibly next season or the year after that. I don't think we'll keep Sanu out for the remainder of his contract just because we have to pay off all these other players. But I love the pick. I feel like he can replace him. I think he's a beast in the slot. I mean, this was an offense that when it was clicking two seasons ago was absolutely unstoppable. So if Ridley's able to get in there and act kind of like uh, Taylor Gabriel did out of the slot, I mean, whoo, these Atlanta Falcons are going to be nice, baby. I'm excited to see what happens there. So big potential there for Calvin Ridley. My other really good uh, pick is Saquon Barkley. I mean, the Giants in the past with Eli and this team when they've had the weapons, I mean, they already have Odell and Sterling Shepard, but when they had that running back weapon, whether it was David Wilson, whether it was Brandon Jacobs, uh, whether it was Tiki Barber with these Eli Manning teams, these teams are always real tough and competitive. I mean, the Giants haven't had a running back in like three seasons. So big things expected here from the Giants and Saquon. I think Saquon is the best player in this draft. So the Giants got the best player and he's a running back, which is their biggest need. So, I mean, the Giants literally plugged in the best possible running back. They couldn't their biggest need. I mean, Saquon's the kind of guy you can get to the edge, big play kind of player. He can help you in the return game and everything. I think Saquon Barkley would be an absolute beast and he's going to eat. Y'all should definitely take him on fantasy. So I love that pick, but now let's get to a little Falcons draft right here before we sign off for the day. And Obviously, y'all know how I said about Taylor Gabriel. I think we picked the best available player here. A lot of people thought we really needed an offensive lineman or a wide receiver, or, I mean, or a defensive tackle, but I think we went best available player here. I mean, Mo Hurst was a guy I was high on, but I didn't realize about that heart condition. So that bumped him back. I'd say we got probably the second best, third best wide receiver in this draft, but I mean, Calvin Ridley fits our perfect, like Atlanta everything. I think he's going to learn from Julio. I think it keeps Julio happy. I just think it's an amazing pick for Atlanta. I absolutely love it. With 
With the second pick, Isaiah Oliver. Now we have, we just signed our man, Trufant, to a humongous deal. Alford's contract's about to run out, so I think this will be Alford's last season in Atlanta, and Isaiah Oliver will take over for him after next year, but I give him an A-plus. He's a bigger guy, kind of like Brandon Browner. I mean, he's big, athletic, physical, and we're trying to build ourselves kind of like a little Seahawks kind of defense out here in Atlanta with the speed and how we are all over the feed, all over the field, and now we have our speed corner, our physical corner, so I think these Falcons are going to be locked down, and I love the pick. I mean, you got to replace one player with another. Um, and our de- defensive tackle, um, D, uh, Adrian Sennett, I mean, I think he's an animal out of South Florida. This guy's going to help Grady Jarrett out a lot. Um, he's definitely not the biggest, most athletic, but he's got a good motor, which is what I like. I watched him a lot at South Florida, thought he's really good. I think he'll free up Grady Jarrett to let him pass rush a lot more, and he'll take on a lot more block working out of like a one technique or something like that. And I really think that he's going to be a force against the run. And I think he has some potential that we can still tap into and help him out with his pass rushing. But I feel like he's going to be more the take up the block and get Grady Jarrett inside to make the play. Because, I mean, we saw what Grady Jarrett can do. Now, the last pick I'm going to hit on real quick is Ido Smith from... Southern Miss. I mean, this guy's first team all conference. He did things in that conference that a lot of running backs haven't done. I mean, he's like that sleeper kind of running back, and I love the pick. I think he's going to be valuable for us this season as a kick returner. I think he's got good one-cut running, amazing vision, and he's excellent at receiving the ball out of the backfield. So I think those things combined will allow him to replace Tevin Coleman when Tevin Coleman walks. I mean, I would still try to trade Tevin Coleman if we can. So, I mean, I really like it. I like how the Falcons went with these offensive players because our defensive players are kind of the young guys that we're about to have to pay so I mean we're about to pay all of them off and we're about to start losing some of these offensive players because they're going to want big contracts and we can't pay them because we're playing defensive players so what do you do you replace them with young guys and that's exactly what we're doing so we kind of flip from picking all defense for a couple years now we're about to pay the defensive guys and we're about to get these young offensive players and plug them in for the guys we're going to let walk and I mean I know everyone said we needed to take a guard or a tackle in this draft I mean I would have liked to see us take one but a couple years ago, we made that Super Bowl run. Whether y'all realize this or not, we actually got some of our offensive linemen just off waivers at the end after uh, training camp and stuff, and teams started cutting players. I mean, there's going to be teams that are going to have to cut players and stuff. So look for the Falcons to find us one more offensive lineman somewhere in there, and I think it'll be a big move to help the Falcons out next season. But I love what we did in the draft, and I love everything we did for the team. So great draft by the Falcons, and I'm excited to see what happens next season. All right, guys, so no lightning round again today. I apologize. I'll have a lightning round back tomorrow, but the last thing I want talk about real quick is the Braves. I'm enjoying hitting on these Atlanta teams today. The Braves right now are sitting at 16 and 11, but y'all know what we did this week. We brought up Ronald Acuna and this kid has been just killing the baseball. I love the Acuna pickup. You know, since we brought him up, we're uh, out of our last five games. He's been up there five games. We're four and five and we've been scoring lots of runs. We scored five, seven, then three, then four, then 10. And I mean, Acuna is fast. He's a beast in the field. He can hammer the ball. We saw that tanky hit. I mean, this kid's a freak of nature, man. I love this kid. I think he's got tons of potential. And him and Albez right now hitting one and two in the order before Freeman. Freeman's an MVP kind of player. And then you got these two young guns. The two youngest players in the MLB actually are both on the Braves, and they're both beasts. I mean, Albez is leading the MLB in uh, home runs right now. So, I mean, these Braves team is just absolutely murdering the ball at the plate. And I feel like with these young guys in there, they're only going to keep hitting the ball and keep getting better. I mean, we're pretty much – 
a pitcher away like a stud ace though not just like an eh, pitcher we're a stud ace away from being one of the best teams in baseball I mean we have some good young pitching prospects down in the minors we could potentially move all in on a win now team I think if this team stays hot around the trade deadline we're going to need to move in a win now and trade for a pitcher but as of right now just kind of let things ride out the way they have been but I mean we're playing really well we got Camargo back I mean he's got a lot of potential we still got Tyler Flowers down in the minor leagues great player I like him I mean Ender Enciarte Gold Glover Dan Dansby as well. I mean, Dansby's hitting the ball. He's the number one overall pick, and he's a gold glover too. So, or I, he's a potential gold glover too. So, I mean, we got excellent fielders. We got great hitters. We got speed. We got every single thing you want to see. I mean, this is an amazing young team. This Braves team, they may not make the playoffs this year, but next year and the year after that, this is a team built for the future that's going to win a lot of games. It's going to be a fun team to watch. You know, Atlanta sports are on the rise, guys. The Hawks are obviously down in the dumper still. Coach Bud leaving us and everything. I mean, the Hawks are three or four years away from coming back and being really good, but I really, really, really like this young Braves team, and I think they can do lots of good things. So, look for this Braves team to keep playing well and look at this young talent to keep developing and who knows guys if we're hot we might or if we stay hot and stay consistent and have a good season who knows we might go out and trade for this pitcher and we might even see the Braves in the playoffs a year earlier than we thought they could but this team's got the potential like the Cubs I'm real excited to see what they can do but once again guys thanks for tuning to another episode of Hot Takes with TP3 um, got lots of good stuff coming for y'all this week obviously tons of NBA playoff stuff y'all know I love talking about the NBA way too much it's a nerdy obsession for me but got tons of good stuff coming up for y'all keep tuning in this week I got finals this week but I'm gonna try to put as much stuff out as possible for y'all appreciate Y'all have a good week. I got him on the end of the rice. The home and I ran with the dinosaurs. Every week I change my clouds. Got a fin this store in my house. Got a building garage in my house. Got a watch my wrist cause a house. My bitch can't sleep in my house. Make a sleep at the hotel now. And when you talk me, you talking on cap. And your diamonds ain't looking like tap. I was always looking for the pouch. Keep an army bitch in my lap.